Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. On the broadcast today, the business news that did not happen will explain exactly how they figure out what a living wage is. Here's a hint. It has to do with MIT and the CEO of Yelp as well from American Public Media. This is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Khan Rizdal. Wednesday, August the 6th. Great, as always, to have you with us, everybody. This might well be called the business news cycle where things unhappened. Late yesterday, it was Rupert Murdoch giving up on Time Warner, as we told you. Today, it's Sprint giving up on T-Mobile and Walgreens, the drugstore chain, deciding not to move overseas. Corporate inversion is the term of art you've been hearing for when an American company merges with or outright buys a company abroad, preferably in places where taxes are lower than they are here, and then moves. Marketplace's Sabri Beneshore gets us going. When Walgreens started to buy out a British firm two years ago, it wasn't planning on doing an inversion. Our situation was very different from a lot of the other companies you've heard about. Michael Polzin is a spokesman for Walgreens. Somewhere along the way, Walgreens thought maybe they could use this as a way to relocate, invert. But it turned out that legally, it was like hammering a square peg into a round hole. We'd have to basically rip up that deal and come up with a new deal. Walgreens is also different in another way. People have heard of it. Ross Mukin is a senior managing director at ISI Group. If AbbVie or Covidian leave the United States, no one knows those brands as a consumer, but most people will know Walgreens. Consumers could be turned off if the Walgreens they knew skipped town for tax reasons. So would this guy. My attitude is I don't care if it's legal, it's wrong. President Obama and legislators have taken aim at corporate inverters. And Walgreens gets between a quarter and a third of its business from the government through Medicare and Medicaid. Uncle Sam is a customer it would rather not antagonize. But most companies considering an inversion don't have these concerns. Most companies are not Walgreens. We will see significant inversions over the next couple years. Dick Harvey is a professor at the Villanova School of Law. While everyone waits for comprehensive tax reform, the Treasury announced it would try to close some inversion tax loopholes on its own, but... They clearly would not stop uh, all inversions. Harvey says the benefits of relocating outside the U.S., lower taxes, access to cash, freedom to move money, are, for now, still just too good. In New York, I'm Sabri Beneshore for Marketplace. We are plus or minus halfway through the ceasefire in Gaza. What are being called indirect talks are underway between Palestinian and Israeli officials in Cairo about what's going to happen when the thing is due to expire and perhaps also opening up Gaza's borders, borders that have been more or less sealed to trade and to people by both Israel and Egypt since Hamas came to power in Gaza back in 2007. Repairing the physical damage that has been done will obviously cost billions of dollars. But beyond that, is there an economy that can be built in Gaza? Marketplace's Mitchell Hartman has a look at that. This morning, all Israeli ground forces withdrawing from the Gaza Strip, both Israel and Hamas. As the ceasefire began, damage estimates rolled in. Four billion, maybe six billion will be needed from international donors to rebuild homes and the main power plant, get olive farms and small workshops going again. Even if you bring in five billion, six billion, eight, nine billion dollars, all that that's going to do is just replace what they had, put them where they were. University of Maryland Middle East expert Shibli Telhami. 
we know where they were was an awful place. Some people were calling it an open prison. Since 2007, when Hamas took over, Israel has kept all but a trickle of humanitarian supplies and people from crossing the border. No concrete to build inside. Israel says it could be used for military purposes. No produce or furniture to sell outside, except what's smuggled through tunnels. There's no economy in Gaza. You can't export from the Gaza Strip. Khaled El-Gindi at the Brookings Institution explains there's virtually no industry or services that can bring in capital, which is why two-thirds of the population lives on international aid. So what's needed to get an economy started? It would make a huge difference in terms of normalizing Gaza to have a seaport. And an airport. Shibli Talhami says if Palestinians controlled their own seacoast and airspace... It does have a waterfront. In good time, if if they ever come, uh, could be turned into... Uh...